listening to great relationships. I know everything. No, honey, you don't know everything. Yes, I do. I know everything. You don't know the square root of 36. I'm keeping all the really big numbers a secret. It's not really a big number. It's only six. I knew that. <laughs> Sounds like somebody's mother's not very interested in their daughter's self-esteem. <laughs> I'm Paul Moore, here with Herman Eben. You're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, and love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And Herman, I want to ask you about what we just heard, but would you pray for us? Lord, we do thank you so much that you have provided the way that we are to be thinking about ourselves. You've told us that we are to have a proper view of ourselves, not elevated, not too low. The issue for us is to be thinking about it your way. I pray for our time for clear communication as usual. In your precious name, amen. Amen, and thank you. Your statement is a very good statement. Was she really trying to work on her child's self-esteem? No, she was trying to work on reality. (laughs) That's really what was going on here. She was dealing with reality. We've been talking about this, and we spent a lot of time talking about Carl Zimmerman Mm -hmm. and his book about family and civilization and how the more that it became me-focused, civilization started to decay. Right. And now we're here, and we've got Baumeister's book, and we're talking about self-esteem versus self-control. And here's why I'm saying this. It is easy to go in Zimmerman's book and look at the decline or decay of civilization based on becoming me-centric. Right. And now, all of a sudden, in the last 30 years, in North America, education, everything, we've been focusing on self-esteem so people will do better. And in fact, it's quite the other way around. People are just feeling better about doing worse. That's a great statement that you can see in uh, Roy Ballmeister's book, Willpower. There is a lot of good stuff that you can see in there. In fact, one of the things that he specifically stated is that they put a panel of people together to look at all of the research related to self-esteem. What really was happening with the teaching of self-esteem? Look at all of this best possible research. And what they found is there was a great view of themselves, but the actual performance was declining with people. That's what they really found. In fact, let me read this one very interesting quote. It says, the review panel also concluded that high self-esteem generally does not make people more effective or easier to get along with. People with high self-esteem think they are more popular, charming, and socially skilled than other people, but objective studies find no difference. Their self-esteem generally does not lead to better performance at school or at work, and it does not help prevent cigarette smoking, alcohol, and drug use or early sexual behavior. Very interesting stuff. All of this ties back, and why are we talking about this? Because I want to re-emphasize something that we've talked about before, and this would be in chapter five in Great Relationships. If you go to 2 Timothy chapter three, you will find that in verses one through six, that the Lord is reminding us of what we will be experiencing in the last days, something that is very important for us. And we do need to look at this idea of self-esteem. We do need to look at this idea of self-control, both of them. Let me read that as a more important quote, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. 
For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Now that's <laughs> really important for us to consider here. Well, I wish you would go into verse 6 because in this, I'm just thinking as well that I'm the father, I'm the head of a household, everything, and in verse 6 it says, right, and from such people turn away, verse 5, right? For these are those who creep into the households and make captives of the gullible women loaded down with sins, led away from various lusts. Yeah, and the whole idea is the people that are promoting this flashing me mentality, this idea of it's all about me, self-esteem is the only important thing. These are the type of people that have a message that sounds so good, it sounds right, and everybody thinks it's right, but it's going to lead you down the bad path. It's going to lead you in the wrong direction. And that's what the new research, it's actually not new research. People just are not willing to let it be seen. That's what's happening here. There's so much money tied up in thinking that we've got to help people think well of themselves in order to be productive. There's so much money tied up in that, that when the research shows that that's not working, they keep pushing this agenda. Is it too much to say it's simply this, it's self-esteem versus self-control? I don't think it's just that, but that is the best comparison in my mind for people to consider. It's best for you to consider, I'm either thinking that self-esteem is the right direction, or I'm thinking that self-control is the right direction. I think that's a good distinction of how life typically goes. And the reason why I think about it that way is because that is a distinction that God's Word clearly makes. But there's so much on the table, it's easy to get confused. That's right. You know, for example, in the book Willpower you're talking about, even the section, you know, where that quote came from is from self-esteem to narcissism. Well, just in the last couple of years, the American Psychiatric Association has said there's no such thing as narcissism. Right. And they're trying to remove this idea that, that an unhealthy focus on yourself is, is somehow bad. <laughs> they're trying to remove that. And God's word is very clear that when you end up loving yourself, you're going to end up creating problems for you and the people around you. That's doing nothing more than feeding the sin nature. That's doing nothing more than focusing on the sin nature rather than your new nature. And self-control is the opposite of that. If you turn the words around, this is the reason why I like to think about it from the viewpoint of self-esteem versus uh, self-control, is because self-esteem is a self-absorbed mindset. Self-esteem is a mindset that's basically saying, it's all about me, whereas self-control, when you turn the words around, it's the control of self. And where do we get that again? The fruit of the Spirit. That's the reason why I think those two are good to put in opposition to each other. Those two are very good to consider in opposition. I'm either thinking about myself or I'm examining me so that I can see that I'm putting too much emphasis on me and not allowing the Lord his spirit 
to control me so that I can be more like him. That's the way that I want us to be thinking about this. And I think Roy Baumeister, even though this is a secular book, has some really good stuff to help us recognize how to distinguish the difference between this self-esteem mindset versus a self-control mindset. And it becomes difficult as I get into the book because he was initially a real pro-self-esteem guy. He sure was. He was very much in favor of this until he started seeing the evidence. And by the way, this evidence is clear back to the 80s. It's not new. This is something that we all probably should be very up in arms about because it's basically saying the humanistic viewpoint is better than focusing on God. Ouch. You know, they say that winners make changes. They recognize a mistake and they make the change. So we're not married to this philosophy. Now that we realize it's wrong, that it's hurting us, we can actually start to make a change. We're free to do that. We invite you to join the discussion. Our website, Great Relationships, that's grnumeratelationships.com. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. We'll be back right after this. Great thoughts for great relationships. Knowing and practicing this definition of love is the key to all good relationships. Love is seeking the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Hello, this is Jim Lasher, founder of HOT, which stands for Honor Our Troops. Honor Our Troops began when I started sending care packages to my son who was serving in Afghanistan with the 501st Airborne. Chad told me about so many others that were not receiving anything in the mail by letter or care package from home. Since then, we have sent over 38,000 care packages to men and women serving in the armed forces around the globe. One story involves Sergeant David Perez, whose wife signed him up in one of our community outreach events. Here's David to tell you about it. Every time I received a care package from HOT, it was like Christmas for me and my soldiers. Receiving the package and the thank you and the support it represented boosted morale and opened a door to share the love of Christ. You can imagine the power of unconditional love. To learn more about sponsoring a corporate or community event, or if you would like to participate directly by sending a package, visit us online at www.hot-honorourtroops.com. You're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. The website, greatrelationships.com. That's grnumeratelationships.com. Herman, before the break, we were talking about 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5. And you know what? I just believe in calling it the way it is. Self-love is what it says in the Bible. That's exactly what it's called in the Bible. When you end up calling it self-esteem. Now just think about the two words. This is just repeating stuff that we've talked about before, and we've just got some additional really good information from Roy Baumeister's book. But if you consider self-esteem, that means esteeming me very highly. 
I, you don't need to esteem yourself. You need to esteem Christ. That's what we need to be talking about. But the Bible says, love others as you love yourself. So clearly, I have to love myself first. That's what many people will end up saying. I need to love myself. For instance, uh, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's Mark twelve thirty one. 31. Uh, Matthew also says the same type of thing. This goes all the way back to my high school years. This was being taught. This was being taught in my early college career back in the 60s and 70s, saying this very thing. Well, you need to love yourself in order to love others. That is not what that is saying. It's saying you already love yourself enough. You need to understand that you need to use that type of love as you're looking at other people. That's what the implication of that verse, that's what the meaning of that verse is saying. I don't have to go learn how to love me, I already do. And that's what most people may end up arguing. Some people would go, well, no, I have very low self-image. I have very low self-esteem. If that were true, it, I just wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. You know, the, actually, you, you are esteeming yourself very highly, and you're saying, I shouldn't think this, well of my, think this way of myself. Uh, but leave that as it may. The big issue here is we want to at least get people to be thinking about the difference between self-esteem and self-control. That's what we want to help people uh, grab a hold of, because self-esteem is not what God wants us to be considering here. Here's the mindset God wants us to consider. We talked about this last time. Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, let nothing, how much? Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each what? Esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for your own interest, but also for the interests of others. That is how God is asking us to look at life. God is wanting us to consider others as more important than ourselves. Now, how do we know that's absolutely true? Because if you just go on into the remainder of chapter 2 of Philippians, you're going to see that it's using the example of Jesus Christ. And that's what Philippians 2 is constantly saying. Have this mind the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ was he didn't esteem himself. He esteemed us to die for us, to put himself on the cross, to die for us. That's how this is to work in in God's economy. God is saying it's a matter of self-control. It's not a matter of self-esteem. You already esteem yourself too highly. That's what I believe that the Bible is also saying. Okay, so forgive my flashing me. Mm-hmm. But where's the benefit in that? <laughs> there is so much. If you go look at this research that Roy Baumeister has here, we would end up focusing on, well, I'm just to be serving others. Actually, what happens is all of the good stuff happens when you are self-controlled. In fact, there's direct research that shows that people with High self-control have a direct correlation to higher income, higher grades, higher achievement. All of the things that you would want to have happen relate from self-control, not self-esteem. And what Satan has gotten us to believe in this age, all the way from the 60s to now, and this is just another cycle. It's not just started in the 60s. Don't, Don't get me wrong there. But it's gotten everybody to focus on, well, if people thought 
better themselves. They'd be more productive. They would have uh, less drug abuse, less alcohol abuse. Uh, there'd be all these less bad things if they just thought about themselves. Well, that sounds all right, but it's actually turned out all wrong because now people, like you can see in the book, there is a vast increase in self-worth, meaning self viewpoint, self-image, a vast increase over the 1982, approximately a 2005-2010 area, a 20% increase in the population of uh, self-esteem, and yet a almost a 15 to 20% decline in actual achievement. So self-control is the thing that we really want to be focused on. Self-control is the thing that's going to lead you to thinking about uh, life and doing life better in the long run. That's well, what we want to be considering here. This is where I was thinking I really wish that Zimmerman was around to have him join in the conversation <laughs> because you're right. It's nothing new. It seems to run in cycles, but it seems that we are now in an entitlement generation. Mm-hmm. We're doing less, demanding more. And what is it he says in the book that we're feeling better about, about underachievement. <laughs> That's exactly right. I love that statement. Feeling better about underachievement. Well, I, I'm underachieving, but I sure feel good about myself. You know, that's what typically happens. It just reminds me of the story of the guy who did so well, he got his gold medal. He was so proud he had it bronzed. <laughs> yeah, there's so many things that we can think about here. The problem, there's such good research here. There's many different uh, stories out there that show that self-esteem ends up hurting. It doesn't turn into competence. It ends up hurting us. So the issue for us is to consider what is the basic difference? One of the things that I don't know if this is exactly right. It's the way that I would think about it anyway. What is the big difference between self-esteem and self-control? Uh, I think the big difference is self-control has something external that you can measure. Self-esteem doesn't. In other words, self-esteem, I can think well of myself. I'm going to require other people around me to be affirming me and saying, you're, a, you're as, as somebody said in the, uh, in the fight club, you're a beautiful, unique snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not a beautiful or unique snowflake. That's right. I don't care how you think about yourself. Here's the reality. Here comes that, the pain. That's right. Here's the reality. And what is happening now is we're not living in reality the more we try to bolster our self-esteem, the less we're actually living in reality. So the big difference between, in my mind, the difference between self-esteem and self-control, when you're self-controlled, now think about this, I want to exhibit some self-control. Let's just say it has something to do with I'm going to fast or I'm going to end up choosing to deny myself eating something. Uh, then I have some actual evidence of whether I'm doing that or not, right? If I end up just thinking well of myself, where's the external evidence that I do or don't? It's going to be only based on my external facial features. You know, I don't think well of myself, slump shoulder and all this other stuff, right? I think well of myself. I'm, you know, going to be uh, prideful and I'm going to be acting like you need to be respecting me, th- those type of things. It w- there will be some external behavior, but most of the time it's just how I think internally about me. That's not something that's going to lead 
to good things. In fact, research shows that most often what happens when I think well of myself and you think well of yourself, we're going to butt heads at some point. And it's going to more than likely show up in hostility toward each other because I'm not going to be willing to have you disrespect me. There's not enough room in here for both our egos. That's exactly what's happening. That's exactly the issue between self-control and self-esteem. So I think that one of the big issues and the big differences is self-esteem is primarily an internal thing, meaning... Uh, that's I don't have any evidence for it. Uh, I don't have any external evidence that it's doing great. Self-control, you have a lot of external evidence to prove that it's working. So coming up after the break, I'm going to ask Herman, why do I care? Mm-hmm. Right? Don't I live in a place where it's okay to think what you think and it's okay to do what I'm doing as long as I'm not hurting anybody? We'll be back right after this. The website is Great Relationships, GRNumeral8Relationships.com, in just a moment. from God's Word for great relationships. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others as better than himself. Philippians 2, 3. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work and life and love. And along those lines, this is going to hurt. Before the break, I said self-esteem and self-control. Who cares? I mean, who's going to notice? <laughs> That's the world's thinking on this. That's exactly right. Well, let's 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 uh, really make certain. Where did I read from in God's Word? about the danger of self-esteem, the way that God refers to self-esteem is self-love, right? What did I, what did God say to us? Oh, you mean those little passages out of 2 Timothy 3? That's exactly right. For in the last days, men will be what? Lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, etc. And it specifically says without self-control. So you can see right there that God's word is putting a, a distinction between those two things. Additionally, if you go to Romans 12, 3, 
you're going to see that the Lord wants us to have a proper view of ourselves. He's not saying that you're to go think well of yourself. He's basically saying, based on how you have been wired and how I wired you with the gifts that you have, have a proper view of yourself and use those gifts for the benefit of the body. So is it wrong to say then that there's probably a proper view of self-esteem as opposed to an improper self-esteem? Here's what's so interesting in my mind, and I do believe that Roy Baumeister's book will point this out with his research. If you want to increase self-esteem, you need to get people to affirm you. You need to get yourself to affirm yourself. You need to have self-talk, all this type of stuff. That's the wrong approach. Actually, I will think better of myself the more that I have self-control and achievement. That's where self-esteem comes from. I gain confidence because I'm achieving. I gain confidence because I'm seeing that I'm able to do this particular thing in my life. It could be giving up Dr. Pepper, (laughs) but I chose that. Or it could be I achieve a certain number of words written on a daily basis or a certain weight loss, whatever. I wanted to read three chapters of God's Word on a regular basis. There is some verifiable evidence that shows that I had some self-control or control of self, which means I'm giving up immediate gratification for future rewards for myself and or others. That's what is the real benefit. That's how you end up thinking better about yourself. When you are humble, God is right there ready, willing, and able to work with you. If you're proud, self-esteem, self-love, he's basically saying you're prideful, you are arrogant, you're on your own. You're going to need to think about taking care of yourself because it's not, not going to be my job. You're basically saying I have no role in this. That's the reason why God resists the proud, but he takes care of the humble. He gives grace to us. All right, so what one thing would you have me take from this? The one thing that I would ask you to consider. Other than I need to read Baumeister's book. Well, yeah, that would be a, a great thing. The issue for you is to consider that self control is a fruit of the spirit. It's not something that you have to generate. And the more that you're walking with the Lord, the less you're going to be worried about what your image of yourself is, the more you're going to be worried about, am I serving others? Am I working for the benefit of others around me? If I push into God and God's word, he's going to give it to me? That's exactly right. He's already given it to you. This is the amazing thing about this. He has already given it to you because you're his child. And the more you walk with the Lord, the more you follow the Holy Spirit, you're going to have the fruit of the Spirit starting to show up in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Self-control doesn't show up just because I'm self-disciplined. Yes, we have finite reserves of self-control. That's another very interesting part of Roy Baumeister's book. It's proven we have finite reserves of that, but we have an infinite resource based on the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So the more that we start thinking about, Lord, that's just not good behavior for me. That's just not good behavior. I'm going to choose your way, and I'm going to choose to put my 
immediate gratification aside so that I can look at the future benefits that you're going to provide to me. That is an indication of self-control showing up in your own life. So the issue for us is one big thing to remember, self-control beats self-esteem every time. And if the more self-control that you have in your life, you'll actually start feeling better about yourself. I hate even using that terminology. The more that I can be thinking about uh, understanding that the Lord wants me to use my gifts for the benefit of the body, first serve others, then that is going to give me a better view of how I can be used in the body, which is the concept of esteeming my abilities. I hate to even use the word (laughs) self-esteem. After this conversation, yes, it just kind of hurts. So there you have it. And learn, apply, serve. Here comes that truth to Herman's question all the time. Until next time, you're listening to Great Relationships, the website, grnumeratelationships.com. Find us and like us on Facebook. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. How is your day going, Barbara? I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings, too. Why, just yesterday, I found a $100 bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree, and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow, I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich Maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing. I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Have you ever had days like this? (laughs) Neither have we. That's why we recommend great relationships. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others. Kindly, patiently, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.